Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes sitting alongside my good buddy Doug McCary. Coming to you on this Monday in, uh, what is today? I don't even know what today is. Today is July 24th. (laughs) July 24th. I probably ought to look at my calendar before I get on the air. But uh, glad you tuned in today. If you want to call uh, Doug and myself, 844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928. Douglas, how was your weekend, brother? It was great, except for all those thunderstorms, man. They're getting tough. The heat index was like 115 on win- or, or Saturday, and uh, it, it was pretty hot. Is Lori know. back in town? Yes, Lori Good. is back. She Good. has been back. Um, and, um, you know, now uh, we're just seeing that pattern of, you know, hot in the morning and pretty powerful thunderstorms. <clears throat> uh, a lot of lightning going on on Saturday and Sunday out there. You know. Yeah, Saturday is Friday was hot. I mean, I think I even mentioned the heat index of 115, and and realizing um, I'm, my my air conditioner is working overtime, and uh, but I think it's up and working well. I got some good help from my, my friends over at Florida uh, Florida Heating and Air. <laughs> yeah, they helped you. Got, they, they did get it working well. Yeah. Well, yeah. So it was it was a good weekend, and um, I actually uh, am just excited i'm getting ready for the uh swat training day coming up a week from uh this coming up saturday looking forward to it and uh, august 5th if you're not signed up come join us swatradio.com actually just email doug doug at swat radio yeah i've already had a couple of guys do it from the radio and uh send out a link to you and you're welcome to sign up we still got room in the shooting event, which is going to be a three-gun event, AR-15 uh, shotgun and a pistol, reactive pistol shoot. That's always fun. We got golf spaces out there and um, what else? Sailboat. There's still – there's uh, the guy who, I, I, who does the sailboat does it every year. It can take about 10 people, and everybody that does that loves it. They said it's great. I haven't done so. – I, I sailed some when I was a kid uh, – it would be kind of fun, and as hot as it's been, um, it might be refreshing. Yeah, actually, and there's always a nice breeze out there yeah. on the water. Hey, my my family just. Uh, do you guys have those family texts where everybody's in in on the family text? <laughs> I just got a text. Uh, I did not know this. Speaking of current events, uh, Francis Leon Marchand breaks Michael Phelps' last individual world record in the 400 IM yesterday now see because you're a swimming family that means something to you and you yeah. immediately go wow i listen to that and i go so so what <laughs> well, you know, somebody there was something that came out last week uh I, I i don't know who put it out but it it talked about the top 10 athletes of all time now you could not pick 10 of the top it you Listen, you would be somewhat biased based on the sport that you, you know, yes, no prefer. No and uh, but like Michael Phelps didn't make that list of top ten. What about Mark Spitz? Mark Spitz did not make it. He, Tiger Woods did not make it. Wow. I mean, Tiger Woods has set more. I mean, you know, no, well, no golfer at all. So uh, I think Tom Brady was the number one really athlete of all time for all time. What you about know? Michael Jordan? 
Uh, yeah, Jordan was on there. I figured he'd be um, But, I mean, you think about it. I, 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 th- I certainly commend Tom Brady. I mean, what a what a record he's had. What a career he's had. Mm. But the greatest athlete of all time? I don't know. Yeah. Sit back in a pocket and throw a football? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, what about, um, well, I was going to say Jenner, but no longer... <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, that's exactly what I thought of. How does how does uh, let's just call it what all it, those Bruce things. Jenner, who yeah. won what the Catlon, yeah, I yeah. think it was. Yeah, like, you have to do again. all those different things, man. That's that's that was pretty amazing. Yeah. But anyway. hey, um, I don't know if you saw uh, Jim Dennison's article this Mm-mm. morning. He talked about Oppenheimer and how. They had planned to go see it, but then they discovered, and this is just a warning to uh, people out there who might think, wow, I want to go see that because it's because the atomic bomb. It does have some scenes with some very explicit sex and nudity in it. Mm. Um, And so much so that he describes it as pornographic. It's not, I mean, it's just included in there. Mm. Um, and they didn't have to do that. If you really want to tell the story about that, there's really no reason to add that to it. But, um, you know, uh, the, the whole idea, you know, Jesus said, if you look at a woman with lustful intent, then you've already committed adultery. And apparently according to, um, Jim Dennison, what this scene constitutes is very lust producing, and uh, he he classified it as pornography. And when you understand that uh, pornography leads to very damaging behavior in men, uh, everything from addictive behavior uh, to um, you know even mental illness mm-hmm. in some men, and then uh, it, it has a terrible impact on marriages and. Even the church, where I saw one survey, four out of ten pastors on staff, that would include youth or, you know, discipleship, mm-hmm. not just the seniors, yeah. but four of <clears throat> ten in one survey admitted to viewing pornography at least once a month, which is a problem. Mm. And so, um, you know, when you think about that, and this film already collected $80 million on the open uh this past weekend um and it and it really tells a story i think that ought to be told do you know that much about the whole atomic bomb you know i don't and and it was a movie that i think i saw the previews on it and it certainly looked good yeah um but based on denison's uh feedback i i probably will not see it well i'm not gonna go see it now because Um, and and you know here's here's the crazy thing if you're out there if you're a christian and you're going, well, you know, that's reality. Well, it doesn't depict it. I mean, it depicts it. It's it's not done. Like, there's been movies that show something about to happen, but they don't show the the nudity. They don't show the the sexual intimacy. They don't need to do that in a that's movie. That's right. Uh, <clears throat> we know what happens. when you step into a bedroom every i mean every guy knows that so to do that was gratuitous and they didn't need to do that so uh but i I found this article interesting that the hindu nationalist over in um 
India really were upset about this sex scene in the movie, so much so that, um, and, and the reason they were upset is because after the lovemaking scene, the character, the female, grabs her copy of the Bhagavad Gita, which is a Hindu writing, uh, it's a Hindu scriptures, mm. and hands it to Oppenheimer, who opens it and reads from it. And um, and they were very offended that, you know, I think uh, it's it's gone out that the India's information commissioner called the scene an attack on Hinduism and and basically called on the industry to accurately depict not only Hinduism but the Quran you know and Islam if they're going to do anything like that but no mention of Christianity I was going to say um boy they would they would never do that for a Christian perspective mm-hmm. and yet that's a daily occurrence uh in media today yeah and they but but what struck me was they were so offended they wrote the film industry and most christians will go see that if they go see it and it won't they won't bat an eye about the fact that that's out there they're just like oh well that's just part of the movie and um you know i i uh i just encourage you don't go see it why would you support that mm-hmm. now, you know they just put to, to put that gratuitous gratuitously in there like that uh there's no need but there is a film you can go see um uh, Lori and i watched a pre-screening of it called the essential church and um the church movie and oh uh, you got to see the preview i saw the screening really uh, we, okay. we, we saw the screen uh, movie uh and it was really really good um it's a well-done documentary and it and what it does just to give you a bit of an overview is that it it talks about how the government the state tries to come in and control the church and it's not the first time they go back to when a king an english king did that and how people stood against it and they were martyred but it it has the you know the two pastors up in uh, canada who were put in jail for 28 days and 35 days respectively. Mm. And, and you see this one pastor being put into a police car for the sole reason of opening his church. When the state said, no, you can't do that. Nobody was sick there. Nobody was spreading COVID there. They were just told they couldn't meet. The state told the church what they could and couldn't do. And yet they allowed businesses to open. They allowed other things to open. So by the way, did you, uh, you had, uh, Phil Johnson on, uh, not this past Thursday, but the Thursday prior, go back and listen to that. If you didn't catch that interview that Doug did with Phil Johnson from grace to you, um, or grace church, um, that was a great, it was a good interview. And then, uh, if you, I don't know if you listened to Charlie Kirk, but Charlie Kirk had Dr. John MacArthur on last week and uh they spoke uh primarily the whole podcast was about the the movie the essential church oh yeah uh so it officially comes out i think july 28th this well, friday actually 
Thursday the 27th. Oh, okay. Is, Good. Is, it comes out in the evening. They okay. have a 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. showing. And then Friday, they have a 9 uh, a.m. and 12 p.m. showing uh, on Friday. Saturday, it's in the morning. They show it in the morning, uh, but they're doing it every morning for about five days. And it's at Tinseltown here in Thursday, Jacksonville. Th- so Friday morning, you're saying it would yes. be... Okay. It, it will be third. Well, actually, it's Thursday night at uh, six p.m. and nine p.m. and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It's in the morning time, mm. but it's at Tinseltown. <clears throat> if you go to um, the, the Tinseltown, you can see it. It's called the Essential Church, um, and also uh, let me see if it's. I'll I'll see if it's playing. It's not showing. I think it's showing at AMC also. Uh, I don't know if Tinseltown's AMC or not. Yeah, uh, it's not showing in Meridian. It is showing in Madison, Mississippi, and in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Um, but it's not. It isn't showing in Meridian. Uh, I'm not sure about Virginia Beach. I'll check and let you know. But the Essential Church movie. If you just go to EssentialChurchMovie.com, put it in. It is a very well documentary, uh, Dunwalk documentary. It's got Vody Bacham in it. It's got Daryl Harrison in it. Uh, Phil Johnson uh, is a part of it. They interview Scott Atlas, who worked for, uh, and Jenna Ellis, who worked uh, in the Trump administration when all this stuff was going on, mm-hmm. um, and talk about the lawsuit and how the, the church was basically told you're going to shut down and how they made the decision moving forward to continue meeting and what happened in response. It's a very well done movie, two hours long, uh, but very well done. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. Listen, if you want to call in this afternoon, 844-777-7928, you have any questions or comments, we always love to read through those. Ask at SWATradio.com. That's A-S-K at SWATradio.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is underwritten in part by The Guardian Group. You know Brad Sykes as co-host of SWAT Radio. While Brad is committed to making disciples both on and off the air, his ministry extends into the marketplace as a licensed real estate agent with Keller Williams Southside. Brad and his wife Vicki are real estate agents in Northeast Florida. They are the founding partners of The Guardian Group. They help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate with offices near Butler and Southside Boulevards. 904-580-7255. That's 904-480-7255. And online at guardiangroupjacks.com. That's guardiangroupjacks.com. The Guardian Group. Happy to bring you SWAT Radio on the truth. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network. Listen in Orange Park at 91.7. They say sometimes you win some, 
Sometimes you lose some And right now Right now I'm losing bad I've stood on this stage Night after night Reminding the broken It'll be alright Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio Brad and Doug here on this Monday afternoon Glad you tuned in you want to call in 844-777-7928 we'll take your calls uh, as we have been working through a book known as called the discipleship gospel what jesus preached we must follow by bill hull and ben sobels and uh you know it's it's a uh, it's a powerful book a book i think uh, the church needs to read uh, because we have lost our way as it relates to uh, just making disciples who are making disciples because we have embraced a uh, kind of a a grace only <laughs> a forgiveness pray, only pray though. a prayer uh salvation Tran- transactional it's a yeah. very transactional gospel and you know um what we've been doing over the last literally six weeks five five weeks going into our sixth week is unpacking there there's four declarative statements about the gospel um, that they highlight that when you think about the way Jesus preached the gospel, when it says in Mark that he he preached the gospel and it says, and saying, so he lays it out, first, that God's kingdom is here. It's here. Mm-hmm. It's not in some other place. It's here. He and it's says, not just a future No, it's, kingdom. A, it's about here. And the second thing is that Jesus is the Messiah. He's the Christ. We know him as Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach. Um, Jesus is Messiah, the implications of that. He died for our sins, the implications for that. And he was resurrected on the third day, the implications from that. Those are the four declarative statements. Mm-hmm. But then there's three imperatives that are tied in with that, that you can't require of somebody, but it is something that happens to somebody because the Holy Spirit has enabled them, enlightened them. And the first is um, repenting of sin, believing the gospel, and following Jesus. Now, the first two, repenting and believing are the first steps of following, right? Mm-hmm. And so those things come about, those three that I just mentioned, the following, the repenting, and the believing are the results of someone who has had their eyes opened by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has given them life, and they are repenting, turning from their self-led, selfish ways to following Christ. They're believing that he is the Christ. They're believing that he died on the cross. They're believing that he was resurrected and they're believing that he is Messiah. He's their King. And so we've been unpacking that. And this week we're looking at this whole idea of the cross suffering. And it's an element that is often left out uh, other than a cursory mentioning of it, 
But Elizabeth Elliot, who um, lost her husband down in Ecuador as a missionary to the Aqua Indians and the Warani, they went down there to reach them. And five of them were killed back in the 50s, a very famous story. And Elizabeth Elliot ends up going to minister to the very people that killed her husband. But she says this, to be a follower of the crucified, meaning Jesus, means sooner or later a personal encounter with the cross. The cross always entails a loss, she says. And it's the symbol of Christianity. And she says, when you see the cross, it means sacrifice. No one who calls himself a Christian can evade this stark fact. Now, when you see people wearing a cross, they talk, they love the cross. They think about the cross today. You see it as decorations in homes. You see it, paintings of it. You see jewelry with it. Most people... They tend to jump on the forgiveness, my sins are forgiven mm. thought, and not, wow, wow, Jesus did that. They they make it about themselves, and that's what he brings out in the book. And, you know, when you think about the the, the resurrection, um, and you think about what it means to have personal faith in the death and resurrection— if you truly believe that Jesus died and paid the price and was resurrected for you, then that should lead you to die daily for him. It should leave you or, or, or lead you to live for him in the power of the resurrection, Paul says. Yeah. Yeah. You know. But for most people, Brad, when they see a cross, they think about the cross. They think about it applying to Jesus and not themselves. That's that's just a reality. <clears throat> no, that's that's for sure. Uh, not to mention, they're literally <laughs> the the Bible's just full. It's packed full of the idea of suffering, mm. uh, dying to self. Galatians two twenty, one of the first verses ever memorized. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me mm-hmm. and gave Himself for me. Yeah, uh, you know the, the 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 idea that following Christ is going to be an easy uh, journey. It's actually, like you said, Jesus said, "If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross." Well, one of the charges that's leveled a lot of times against people who try to point people to this lifestyle that comes from embracing the cross, embracing the death and resurrection of Christ, and, and, and the call to take up your own cross they, is legalism. You yeah. know, you're adding works. <clears throat> right. but, but Paul, when he wrote the Galatian church, you just quoted Galatians 2.20, and he was dealing with the whole idea of legalism there. Mm-hmm. In fact, if you go anywhere in the Bible that deals with legalism, Galatians is probably going to be the first place yes. to go. Yep. But in Galatians 5, you know, uh, 24, he says, Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So why would Paul write that if that was legalistic? If we truly believe 
in Christ's death being, um, I mean, we believe it like we believe he died for us. We believe that our sin put him there on the cross, that it was necessary, and we truly believe it will lead us to deny ourselves. It will lead us to take up our cross, just as Jesus said in Luke chapter 9. He says, if anyone wishes to what? Be my disciple. See, what a lot of people do is they make that a discipleship verse instead of a salvific verse, a salvation mm-hmm. verse. They they say, well, you know, yeah, you can just believe intellectually in the facts. You can just believe propositionally in the truth. And denying yourself, taking up your cross is after. It's a, right. it's a later thing. But I go back to what you know we've mentioned several times now. The gospel you preach determines the disciples you make. It really does. No doubt. And so if you focus on the forgiveness aspect only, and that's what happens is a lot of people ask people to have faith in Christ's death, but they they don't talk to them about dying to themselves. (laughs) They don't talk to them about dying to sin each day. Well, that's not a popular deal, Doug. I mean, come on. Uh, You know, I know one of the the passages we've been looking at, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, but verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Mm-hmm. It says this, the old has passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, behold, the new has come. Yeah. Yet in, in much of the church, Doug, there is nothing new uh, in, the, in the life of a believer. A quote, you know, and I use quotes, a believer. A believer is dead to his old life. Mm-hmm. The old has passed away. In other words, the old is dead. There's a new one. There's a new you. But if the new you looks like the old you, then it's not new. Well, you know what's interesting about the cross, Brad, is the cross um, was designed. It was the worst and most humiliating and most public way to die. And Rome instituted crucifixion. And the reason they did and why they did it in Israel is they wanted to send a message that listen, we're in charge, and the people who rebel against us, this is how you end up, right? They wanted people to know they were not in charge. <laughs> I find that very ironic that when we see the cross, we talk about the freedom the cross brings, and we take it to mean that we're free to do whatever we want, anytime we want, uh, without consequence and without any kind of uh, reflection on christ Mm. so we make it about our leadership when in reality jesus said if anyone wishes to follow me he's got to deny himself take up his cross daily well you know romans 12 1 uh, i appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of god Mm -hmm. i love this to present your bodies as a living sacrifice so much and we you touched on that first segment pornography mm-hmm. in our culture is just it's everywhere mm-hmm. um and and the reality is this is a real struggle for a lot of men and yet right here it says present your bodies as a living sacrifice how many of us are willing to literally just give our bodies over to be sacrificed well and it doesn't just mean denying the selfish desires of our heart. 
It it means putting them to death. Yeah. That's that's a that's a big statement right there that if we believe in Christ's death, we're gonna take up our cross. Yeah. Yeah. And we can't do it on our own. We can only do it with the power of the Spirit. But that's what we're gonna be talking about this week. So. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Glad you tuned in today. If you want to call in, eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. That's eight four four seven 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 SWAT. You can also email us your questions at ask at swatradio.com just a reminder august 5th swat training day send an email to doug if you want to uh, join us that's going to be a great afternoon that send that to doug at swatradio.com hope you'll come we'll be right back after the break hundred and ten foot long noah's ark We've all heard the story. On the Galapagos Islands, Charles Darwin noticed small variations within finches. And some of these birds had larger beaks for cracking open seeds. Others had smaller beaks for eating insects. He then mused that those small changes between species could add up to big changes between kinds. We recognize that, of course, as the idea of evolution. But has 200 years of research confirmed Darwin's ideas? Well, we now know that the genetic variability for various beak sizes already exists within the finch kind. Nothing new has been created on the Galapagos, and without new genetic information, evolution's impossible. Find out more about science and the Bible at our website, AnswersRadio.com, and plan your visit to the Ark Encounter, where kids 10 and under are free at AnswersRadio.com. Congestion on Butler Boulevard East and westbound from Phillips Highway past Bonneville Road, Belford, Southside Boulevard, 295 and on out to A1A. Phillips Highway is also pretty busy in both directions from Emerson to Greenland Road. Cloudy with a chance of rain tonight, low 75, partly sunny tomorrow, afternoon showers and 93. With traffic and weather, I'm Tom Murphy. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Doug and Brad here on this Monday afternoon. If you want to call in, we'd love to hear from you, especially as we, we we start talking about the cross. We start talking about suffering. We talk. We start talking about dying to yourself. Uh, not a hot topic, to be honest, but you can call us. Uh, nonetheless, we'd love to hear from you, 844-777-7928. Again, you can email us your questions and comments to ask at SWATradio.com. Doug, I, I was uh, love this quote here by A.B. Simpson. He says, we may not preach a crucified Savior without being also crucified men and women. Mm-hmm. It is not enough to wear an ornament ornamental cross as a pretty decoration. The cross that Paul speaks about was buried into his very flesh, was branded into his being, and only the Holy Spirit can burn the true cross into our innermost life. Mm, yeah. uh, do you remember? This is so such a vivid memory of me for, for me. 
Uh, do you remember The Passion of the Christ? Yes. The movie that yes. Mel Gibson did? Uh-huh. Uh, that scene at the kind of the end of the movie of Jesus on the cross, and I, I'm sure there was a lot of buildup to that image, but it's like, it's a, if I recall, it was like a dark screen, and then all of a sudden, there's the image of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it just, oh, it was so hard to see. It was, it was that probably I think was one of the most impactful thoughts that I've ever had just seeing that because and mm-hmm. even that, I don't think it did it justice to what it really was. Oh, I'm sure it did. Uh-huh. I mean, you think about what it smelled, would have smelled like to be there. What just the, well, I mean, you know, you've been in, you've been in those settings, the smell of death. Well, we, you know, we, we got a, a question I wanted to address because I think it's probably something on the mind of a lot of people that um, how do we reconcile the fact that we're still sinners and we do so every day and at the same time we're supposed to die to ourselves? Uh, that's a good question because just because we're sinners doesn't mean that we haven't embraced the cross. Uh, embracing the cross is the idea of counting the cost and understanding that the gift that Christ offers is free, but it, it isn't it isn't free to him. And and the receiving of it, after we receive it, it's no longer free. Once we receive the free gift, now we are his. Mm-hmm. And so um, A.W. Tozier has a book called The Radical Cross. I don't know if you read it, but he says this. He says the new cross, he kind of contrasts the new cross that we've created today in the old cross. The new cross is not opposed to the human race. Rather, it's a friendly pal. And if understood right, it's the source of oceans of good, clean fun and enjoyment. It lets Adam live without interference. His life motivation is unchanged. He still lives for his own pleasure. Only now... He takes delight in singing choruses, watching religious movies instead of singing bad songs or drinking liquor or whatever. But the accent is on enjoyment, though the fun is on a higher plane morally, if not intellectually. He says that's the new cross. The old cross, he says, is a symbol of death. It stands for the abrupt, violent end of a human being. The man in Roman times who took up his cross started down the road and he said goodbye to his friends. He knew mm. where he was headed. He wasn't coming back. He was going out to have it all ended. The cross made no compromise, he says. It, it modified nothing. It spared nothing. It, it killed all of the man completely and for good. It didn't try to keep on good terms with its victim. It struck cruel and hard. And when it had finished its work, that man was no more. That's the message of the cross. When Jesus says, take up your cross, he's saying, you don't want that old life leader that you used to have, which was who? It was you. Yeah, exactly. It was me. <clears throat> exactly. Uh, and I mean, I, I think a lot of times we consider ourselves like publicity agents for Jesus. And so we make the cross palatable for people mm. instead of preaching the truth. Um, the, the, the cross is a dividing line. It is. It divides friends. It divides family. It divides you and the world. And this is the thing, Brad, that people are afraid to share because 
because of the consequences of what happens when you put that message out there. Yeah, I shared this on Friday. I want, I'm going to reread it because it uh, kind of speaks to what you're you're talking about, what we're talking about here. Uh, this was uh, written by the late Charles Stanley. He says there were two kernels of wheat lying on the floor of a cozy barn. One day the farmer came in and told them, I want to take you out of the barn and plant you in the earth. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put you in the ground and cover you with soil. It will be dark and you will die. Mm-hmm. But I promise that you will multiply and become fruitful. Mm-hmm. The first kernel of wheat said, no way. Count me out. I like my comfort and I don't want to die. But the second one, after careful consideration, decided the promise of a future harvest was worth the sacrifice. So the farmer the farmer took him outside and planted him, but left the first kernel of wheat in the barn. A few days later, a small green sprout appeared where the seed had been planted. It grew and became a stalk of wheat that produced a hundred more kernels. For the next 40 years, the farmer planted all the seeds that had originated from that first one, and year after year, the harvest multiplied. However, the kernel that stayed in the barn remained there by itself, never multiplying. Mm. And Doug, I, I, after reading that, I thought, you know, if if God's going to use us, He's going to He's going to bury you, <laughs> mm. and you're going to die. If you're going to be fruitful in your life, you're going to have to die. And uh, obviously, we're not talking about a physical death, but, you know, I mean, Paul says, consider yourselves dead mm-hmm. to sin, dead to those things that we like to embrace as, oh, it's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. But we're alive to God in Christ Jesus. Well, every person has a choice to make uh, when when they are presented Jesus they have a choice of a cross or a throne. And if they stay on the throne, hmm. that, that they can't follow Jesus. I mean, the, the bottom line uh, is we want to be saved, but we want Jesus to stay on the cross and we want to be on the throne. And we don't want a cross in our life. Uh, we don't want to be dethroned. You know, uh, we remain king. That's why... There's this big, like, movement out there. A lot of people like a no lordship Jesus. They like a no king Jesus. They just want a savior Jesus. And people refuse to talk about that because they say, well, that's adding a works. No, it's not. It's simply telling people that when you follow him, then he's king. He's, he is king, but if you, you're you following him, you're coming to him, you want him to take your sins away, you want him to be your salvation, then he's your king. Yeah. They're, they're two sides <clears throat> of the same coin. You cannot reject his kingship and receive his saviorhood. You can't do that. You've used the analogy uh, before about when you join the Marines you know, you, the idea of joining the Marines, uh, things had to change in your life, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you had yeah. to wear different clothes. Uh, and, uh, yeah. The, the, you didn't, in other words, you didn't have the option to say, no, I really don't like fatigues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all throughout society, we are going to be conformed. 
We are. And, and, and to go back to that question by that listener, we're going to, just because you embrace the cross doesn't mean there won't be times that you fail. The difference is you have surrendered yourself to his care. And when, listen, when Peter denied Christ, he had to be disciplined. Mm -hmm. What did Jesus say? Hey, Peter, Satan's asked to sift you. When he's done, come back and strengthen your brothers. Yeah, There are times that God will allow us to make choices that will bring consequences in our life that will deepen our love for him. What I tell people all the time is when you blow it, you, you come back to the cross because he, he says, if we confess our sins, he will forgive them through John and first John one, nine. So if we confess that, that word there is actually in a tense where it's ongoing, meaning we're going to blow it. But when we blow it, who am I looking to? I'm looking to him to help me not do it again. I don't want to do it again. Mm -hmm. I want him to be on the throne. Does that mean he's on the throne every minute of every day? No, he's no. not. I, But I want him to be. Mm -hmm. It's desire. It's desire, not perfection. What do you want? Do you want him to lead you? Do you want to take up your cross? I do. And I know you do. And that's what we're saying is when we share the gospel with people, this is the good news that we need to be sharing, that to believe in his death means a cross for me if I'm embracing Jesus. Yeah, and I think to live that way, it is it is an ongoing thing. This idea of confessing, it is an ongoing confession that we fall short. Mm -hmm. We are wrapped in the flesh, this side of the glory. And, uh, you know, one day we won't struggle with that. But today we do. Yes. Glad you tuned in. We'll take a quick break. Join us after the break, 844-777-7928. We'll be right back. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. Joshua 1.9 states, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Highway to Eternity Ministries is dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope. The ministry seeks to serve those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's word and share the encouraging testimonies of lives that have been transformed through God's power and grace. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175 or visit www.highwaytoeternity.com. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a proud sponsor of SWAT Radio. The Florida Georgia Truth Network on the air in Waycross at 
Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. As Doug and I uh, kind of wrap up this last segment, uh, talking about, and we're going to continue to delve into this topic of the cross, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> and really, what does it look like to follow Jesus? This is one of the uh, Im- imperative statements that he lays out in the gospel mm-hmm. to repent believe and follow jesus Hmm. follow him what does it look like to follow him if he's i I love you know you're either going to uh, get on the cross or you're going to get on the throne (laughs) and when you when you're on the throne it's about you yeah nobody well no nobody's going to take up the cross unless the spirit empowers them to see the value in that and to, to believe in Jesus death. I mean, when you look at the apostles, right, they willingly laid down their lives. I mean, they willingly laid them down. And if we have a true faith in Christ's death, we really believe he died on the cross for my sin and was resurrected. That belief in his death, and his call to us to take up our cross will lead us to crucify our flesh with all the passions and sins that are there. Um, it's going to impact our daily life. Absolutely. People will see a different person, mm-hmm. just like you said. I mm-hmm. mean, like it will happen. Yeah. yeah. But if we merely buy into some propositional truths uh, because we want to get a just a, a kind of a fire insurance policy against hell then that may or may not impact my life. Most of the time it doesn't. And most of the time you see people that don't want to tell anybody else about Jesus because they're too afraid, they're too nervous, they're too, because they haven't truly embraced the cross. Because when you embrace the cross, you embrace the king. Hmm. You can't embrace the cross without embracing the king. Well, the whole idea behind the cross is crucifixion it is sacrifice it Mm -hmm. is it is death Mm -hmm. you don't look at the cross you look at the cross and and yes the cross because of what happened on the cross we have life we have eternal life Mm -hmm. but if we're going to follow jesus he says take up your cross i'm not taking uh, doug i'm not taking up your cross i'm taking up my own cross because my cross it doesn't look like your cross. I've got stuff in my life that has to be put to death. Well, here, and we just don't like the idea. We don't like the idea of putting something to death. Well, and we look at it very different. You know, it's interesting in cultures where it's actually against the law to follow Christ, uh, where they risk death, imprisonment to follow Christ. That gospel message there. When they embrace that, um, they understand it's going to lead to their physical death or physical suffering. Mm. For most of us here, when we embrace Christ, that's not there. 
Like it's usually a celebrated event here mm-hmm. for most people. Uh, but when you think about the disciples and the first century biblical followers of Jesus, those people understood that when they embraced Christ, they had to embrace the cross. It was a part of it. Um, you know, and this is really interesting, Brad, more Christians have been martyred in the last 100 years than in any century since Christ's crucifixion. Hmm. So wow. people are giving their life. They're embracing the cross. Why? Because they believe they belong to Christ and they believe that their soul rests with his leadership. And if he leads them into something, they're going to go. Our problem and the greatest tool of the enemy with most Americans is complacency, complacency and self-indulgence. I mean, for us, the cross is a thought, but it's not a, it's not a lifestyle. Well, we started off the broadcast. You were talking about the movie Oppenheimer, Jim Dennison, like in his, uh, uh, the Dennison forum this morning, he, he, clearly states he's not going to go see the movie he and his yeah. wife are not going to go see the movie i'm not going to go okay see well it. so they're they're <laughs> right there now he's not saved because he's not going to go see the movie no he's not going to go see the movie because that's what he's convicted over he's convicted over this idea that i'm willing to put aside the things that my flesh wants to do i want to go to the movie be entertained all that uh but because of what is possibly at that movie i'm, I'm willing to put that down i'm, well, I'm willing deni- to lay that he's aside. denying himself that's, that's exactly in right. order to yeah. honor jesus yes that's exactly that's what right. he's doing and so for somebody to say they believe in his death and resurrection but reject their need to uh put to death the deeds of the flesh and again this isn't talking about making a mistake or a bad choice or be giving in in a moment of temptation. We all do that. This is talking about an idea that I don't have to consider mm-hmm. what Christ would be honored by. Well, I'll tell I mean. you, that's, that's, I was going to hit on this. Piper says this, he says, Jesus is calling people to follow him in discipleship. And then he's reminding them that it's like building a tower that you don't want to leave half finished because you don't have enough commitment or enough resources to finish it. It's like going to war and realizing you don't have enough soldiers to win the battle and defeat the enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that picture of counting the cost of following Jesus, you, 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 use the, you were talking about uh, in other countries, when they're presented with the gospel, it's not, they're not jumping for joy as they walk down the aisle to, you know, pray a prayer mm-hmm. it's 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 a considering the cost of this well i've shared this a lot in the past paul little wrote a book called i think know what you believe or know why you believe he both of them are books he wrote but he shares an illustration of one of them of you know the, coming to christ uh is like a wedding and there's a there's a an attraction phase of the relationship where you see this person and you go, wow, I would like to be married to this person. This is the kind of person I want to marry. Then there's a cost counting phase to the relationship where you kind of count the cost. Well, if I 
commit myself to this person and surrender myself to being with this person for the rest of the life, it means I can't be with these other people over here. I'm, I'm, I'm making a willful mm-hmm. choice to say, in your case with Vicki and my case with Lori, because we want to be with you, we're going to say no to all these other women possibilities that are out there and even lifestyle choices that may impact this relationship, right? And then there's the wedding day where you actually solidify that in front of people who witness it and you're saying, I am surrendered to this person mm-hmm. till death do we part. Now, he says in the book, which I think is really accurate, that a lot of people in our culture in the attraction phase make the commitment to Christ. They never go through a cost counting phase and never go through the process of like the king going into war or the builder doing the cost. They just say, yeah, I'm in when they don't really know what it means because they've been given a propositional uh, forgiveness only gospel or whatever, one of the false gospels they've been given. And so they mentally assent to do something that deep down they have no understanding spiritually of what it is. They don't see those things with spiritual eyes. It is simply a formality of going through, yeah, I prayed a prayer. I was confirmed or I did all this. And they think because it was about a transaction instead of a kingdom it was never about the king it was about what i get it was about me Mm. and tomorrow we're going to get into the aspect of the gospel not being about you we've made it about you it's a very human centered Mm -hmm. gospel yes are there benefits for us absolutely but the gospel the euangelion has always been about the king and, and we've lost that. We've made it about us, and we start with us. You know what? God has a plan for you. <laughs> he wants to do something for you. And, and we focus on what we get out of it rather than who he is and, and his kingdom. But we don't want to hear that God has a plan for you, and it's that you die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Nobody wants to hear that. No, I mean, that's, you know. And, and I think one of the one of the aspects is, uh, as I was reading through this, you know, how do you count the cost when you don't know what's coming in your life? I know that when I, you know, on a hot July evening in 1980, I think it was, when I surrendered my life to Christ, I didn't know what the cost was, you know, and, and it's true in America because it's easy to come to Christ in America. Mm-hmm. But it's not easy to be a disciple in America. You know, it's it's like you listen. What what is it going to take? And, and the answer really is that it's a commitment to the highest possible cost. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it could cost you. Yeah. Well, um, the kingdom gospel isn't about us. It's about Jesus, and it it it, it you know it. it it's so funny, our culture, we've become so individually driven, so narcissistic that the gospel presentations you hear today are horrific. Yeah. And and the fact that they they a lot of they nobody talks about sin. Nobody talks about uh I mean they talk they they mention it, but they don't really bring out the death of Jesus, the ugliness of the cross, and and the 
power of the resurrection. And so tomorrow we're going to delve further into this, looking at the gospel really being about Jesus, that, that mm. he's the king. And that's that's really the starting place is God and Jesus. Well, and this gets back, we're, we're done for the day, but this idea of repent and believe. Repent, turn to Christ, deny yourself, follow him. Which could be very costly. Take could up be your very cross. costly. Yeah. Yeah. Glad you tuned in today. If you want to call, uh, or I mean, if you want to send us a message, send that to ask at SWATradio.com. Again, August 5th, SWAT training day. We'd love to have you come join us. Uh, send an email to Doug at SWATradio.com if you want to join, and we'd love to see you there. Until tomorrow.